Welcome to another episode of the CC Podcast Conversations, where inspiring Christians share their faith-filled stories. Please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. This helps push our content to a broader audience. Are you new to listening? Check out our other podcasts. First, the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, where we're walking through the Bible, focusing on short clips of Scripture. Second is the CC Broadcast, where our weekly radio programming is archived. These podcasts are available wherever you're listening or at christiancrusaders.org. Okay, let's get started with today's episode. Here's our host, Matt Reister, the Executive Director of Christian Crusaders. Hey everybody, Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations. We are finishing up our time at the Christian Products Expo in Lexington, Kentucky. Andrew, it's been a run, it's been great. We've done 18, now we're in the clubhouse. I'm getting antsy to leave, and maybe that's- That's a golf reference there. Yeah. (laughs) We did 18 interviews though too, so you know. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I know, thank you. I'm getting antsy to leave, and I don't know if it's because I know we're done, like, if we had five more interviews, would I be antsy to leave? Uh, maybe, maybe you're not. just really excited for the Phillies versus Reds game. Today. We're going to hit a baseball game on the way home, which is great. And I think we deserve that. Oh, yeah. The ministry, by the way, is not paying for that, no, in case anyone's no. concerned. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And uh, But we've got an interview right now with John Jarman. John Jarman wrote a book called Broken and Redeemed. He doesn't remember the first 12 years of his life. Yeah. I mean, or a lot of it is blocked out just because he grew up in a really – abusive rough situation i told him during the interview it reminded me of ron gruber and to a degree mike reynolds two guys who we interviewed on this same podcast that listeners can go back and hear those interviews but it's incredible to hear stories from people who the lord you know rescues out of a really rough home life and turns around and now he's doing amazing things he went to bible college to yep. get a master's degree in theology just so he could learn about the Bible. Yep. Because he felt and like do he do a better job sharing faith. Yep. Isn't that's, that incredible? I love that. I love that. And I, I mean, more people should do that. That's, uh, you know, what 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 higher calling is there to, to, to be better at, at knowing God's word and, and sharing your faith? And, and if you can do something like take a class to do that uh, or listen to a podcast to do that, do it. John was in the Marines. He coached football. Uh, he's he's done a lot of stuff. Done a bunch of different stuff, but he's an intense guy, but but really personable, and and I I enjoyed talking to him beforehand. I'm gonna enjoy listening to the interview. Yeah, so John, thanks so much for stopping by. I know you're gonna listen to this at some point, and to everybody else who tunes in, thanks for listening, and listen to the other podcasts that we did this week. There's a lot of great stuff, and stuff that's been uh, published for a while now. Share it with a friend and give us your feedback at info at christiancrusaders.org. Thanks for tuning in. Hey, everybody. Matt Reister with the CC Podcast Conversations, and we are at the Christian Products Expo in Lexington, Kentucky, 2022. And I've got John Jarman here, the author of Broken and Redeemed, you're my last interview of 18. <laughs> We've been plowing through them, so it's great to yeah, be I've, here with you. I've kind of walked by and seen them all, so not all of them, but you know, you guys have been busy. Yeah, so that's thanks good. for having me on the show, though. Absolutely, <laughs> we're excited to hear about what the Lord has been doing in your life. Um, we're sitting right next to Rupp Arena. They've yeah. renovated this whole area. I've never been here before, so I don't know what it looked like. But First time for me, too. It's pretty nice. Yes, it's beautiful. I'm it's not beautiful. a huge Kentucky basketball fan, so I'm having a hard time not breaking into <laughs> hives here. 
Uh, but they're pounding on a wall over here, so you're going to hear some background noise. Maybe that's not going to be a problem. But how's the conference been for you, John? It's been really good. <clears throat> you know, being this is my first book, you know, I'm new to the industry, and so it's been a very educating um, conference and, and just networking with authors who've, who've put out more books than I have um, and just kind of hearing what the, you know, do's and don'ts kind of are in this industry and everything. So it's been a, it's been a quite an experience for me. When you say your first book, does mm -hmm. that mean there's going to be more? Yeah, there's another one already in the works. It's, it's, wow. I've, out, I've outlined it and it's, uh, it, the title of it's going to be called, it's going to be called Clear Vision. Um, and it's about the Bible, Bible verses that all have the address 2020. So, wow. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 2020 vision. Exactly. That's really clever. Clear vision. Yeah. So uh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Somebody will steal my idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it'll be great. Um, so you've done a lot of things in your life, football coach, Marine, mm -hmm. strength coach or a fitness coach. Yeah. I've been a strength coach with high school and college. And then I, I, you know, when I got out of coaching, I went into personal training because I still wanted to use my degree. Um, I have a master's in physical education, so I wanted to stay in that field because I enjoy working with people in that aspect. And so currently I run a, a fitness center at a private golf course, so I get to combine fitness and my second greatest passion is golf. Where do you live? So, uh, I live in Tacoma, Washington. Okay. So, so a long way from home. So. And where did you coach? Uh, I coached in Ohio, North Carolina, Georgia, California, and Washington within my career. Where did you coach college? In what colleges? I coached Ohio. I was a grad assistant at Ohio University. Oh, did you play there? Or? No, no. I, ne I never played college ball. I got out of high school and, and, you know, it's part of my story. What I did when I got out of high school is I continued to sell drugs and do some stuff like that because of my past. And, and in 19... 87 I was in a in a party and I said you know there's got to be more to life than this and I got up and I walked out two days later I was in the marine recruiter's office two, wow. mo two months later I was standing on the yellow footprints in San Diego wow and so that you know if I would have stayed where I was I'd probably be dead or in jail and, wow. and so um, you know looking back now on that that was the Holy Spirit working within me and I didn't even know who Christ was at that time because we didn't grow up in the church you know the only mention of God I had in my childhood was my grandmother. Every time I saw her, she would be like, John, God's got something special planned for you. Wow. And so she's smiling in heaven right now because she knew this book was going to take place and now it's here. So that's incredible. So yeah. many people whose stories I hear that are kind of radical change stories. A lot of times it's a grandma or a grandpa yep. that, that has this impact, you know, skipping a generation and that's something well i think it's a i think it's praying you know they, they pray over their children and i think you know even though we as children don't know that they're praying and we don't understand it that impact is still on our lives whether we know christ or not he's still watching over us and where did you grow up i grew up in in the written washington area so i'm okay. I, I grew up in washington i was born in arkansas but we moved there my dad was in the air force okay so we ended up in washington so i grew up there and then, uh, like I said, in 87, I left there, went to the Marine Corps, and I did it just so I can get to, you know, go to college because I had no money to go to college. So then you went to college? Yeah, went to Ohio University, got my master's in physical education, started coaching as I was in my bachelor's degree there at the local high school because I wanted to coach because I wanted, wanted to help kids not go down the same path I did. Yeah. You know, because it's rough when you don't have a father around, you know, and, and, you know, there's so many distractions and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not proud of the, you know, the drugs and that part of my life, but it was part of my life yeah you know and, and I did it because I needed to survive and I didn't want other kids going down that path I wanted to help them avoid that and so I started coaching then I, I got on as a grad assistant at Ohio University spent two years as a grad assistant just learned a ton of football coach Grobe who was the head coach at that time was just great to 
me. What years were those? Uh, that was 96, 97. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we're from Northeast Iowa mm -hmm. and big Iowa Hawkeyes fans. Okay. Yeah. And Iowa has played Ohio in the non-conference schedule a few times, yeah. but I don't know if it was you were there or not. No, I, our non-conference, my first year we went up and beat Maryland. So we went up and beat Maryland at their home turf, which cool. was a nice victory. And then yeah. the second year we went to Kansas State. They were ranked fifth in the country. Bill Snyder. Yeah. And, and they were ranked fifth in the country and we almost beat them. We, this, Score at halftime was 23 nothing, and we came back and lost 21-23. These so, Mac schools yeah, always scare yeah, me because yeah. it's like they're coming in, yep. and Iowa always gets knocked off by some Mac yep. school or some mid-major because yep. they're not paying attention. Yeah, my Huskies have to play Kent State to open the season. So That's I'm a little, scary, right? Oh, no, yeah, it's scary because those – and, you know, the, the Mac schools, those are their Super Bowls because they're, they're trying to prove people that they belong. Right. You know, because people don't look at the Mac as a football conference, even though they call it the cradle of coaches. Right. You know, because a lot of great coaches – I mean, Don James – yeah. came from there you know yeah. nick saban yeah. came from there yeah one of the best coaches of all time came out of came out of that matter of fact he coached with don james at kent state yeah so, i didn't know that. yeah he was at kent state he was a grad assistant at kent state when the shootings happened remember the shootings? Oh, yeah. Had, yeah so nick was there during wow. that time yeah so you're at ohio coaching as uh -huh. a grad assistant then what uh i left there um i had met my wife of that time I, we were married nine years she was from Athens, and so I met her while I was in the Marine Corps. We moved back there because, you know, I didn't know where my coaching career was going to take me. We moved to North Carolina um, and started coaching. I was a head coach and athletic director at North Carolina High School. Um, in about 2002, uh, my wife and I split up, and then I, I uprooted and went down to Georgia because I wanted to, you know, try my hand. At, I was looking at Georgia or Texas to coach because that's two of the biggest – high school coaching states in our country in yeah. my opinion yeah and i was able to get a job in deep south georgia in a little town called cairo it had four stoplights wow um you know and it just it was it was it was an awesome experience the football was fantastic down there we played a cross town county rival team and there's like twenty five thousand people because the there's nothing to do down there you know and so it was just an awesome experience and yeah then i stayed there till 2003 or no, wait, 2005, my dad, I lost my dad in 2003. My mom got really ill, and so I moved back to Seattle in 2006. So, okay. So, and then I've been there since. So, so uh, what's your faith journey? Like, you didn't grow up in the church. Your yep. grandma prayed for you. Yep. So, it, I think it started when one, at the it was probably the first Friday of boot camp after we got our real, you know, because in boot camp you go through three days of processing, then you get your drill instructors. Those are the guys that are, you're with for three months. Well, that first Friday they go, hey, we're church services Sunday. You get in, you can go for church if you want. And I went an hour for you, the drill instructors. I'm gone, you know. So I went to church for sure, and I didn't know what it was, you know. So I went in there, and I just, I don't know how much I really listened, you know. It was just for me, it was a vacation, an hour vacation from the drill instructors. Yeah. And but I, I think that's where the seed was planted. Um, and then as I started in my coaching career, I started getting a little bit more into the faith and everything like that. Um, I got involved in FCA down in Georgia. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, from that point on, my faith just started to increase a little bit, a little bit each year. Um, and my old self hung around a long time, uh, probably until 2016. When I moved back to Seattle, um, I, I noticed a self-destructive pattern beginning again, and so I sought out some counseling. So I was like, I'm not going to go down this road anymore. I need to get, I need to get healthy. And, and by the grace of God, I found a counselor, and her, Christina Holland worked with me for 10 years. During our work, I found my spiritual mentor, Scotty Kessler, and that's what changed the game. Um, Scotty's a very, very deep, he's, he gave his life to Christ at four years old. 
Wow. And you know, he's just and he's been in the deliverance ministry. He's done sports ministry. He's just and he he took me under his wing and started to disciple me. We had you know daily prayer plans that I did to get rid of the you know stick the strongholds that I had from my abuse and the shame and the guilt and I all that other stuff that I held. And uh, that's really where it started to work. Um, 2016, I was going through a rough time. I felt, you know, that's when I gave my, completely surrendered to God. Yeah. And um, 2017, I rolled in Faith Seminary in Tacoma. I'm eight hours shy of a master's of theology. Wow. I had to, I had to kind of put that on the back burner because I was doing too much at the time. But I'll go back and finish those eight hours once I get the book going a little bit more. So. Yeah. So and that's, so- that's kind of where, you know, that's kind of how it went. You know, and there's a lot, there's a lot more behind all that. And I, you know, I talk about it all in Broken and Redeemed. So. Yeah. So you said uh, some patterns of bad patterns, yep. cycles, what, you know, it's just, some it, of that. well, I guess it's, it's without, you know, opening any wounds. It's just, you know, the people I hurt, you know, and I, I would go into a situation and I'd be successful and then I would do something to, to ruin that to where I had to move to somewhere else or do, and yeah. I didn't really see what I was doing in that regard until Seattle came, you know, uh, and I, and I, and my faith walk was getting a little deeper. Yeah. And I was like, why do I keep doing this? You know? And, yeah. and so that's when I really looked to get help because, you know, I think it was a result of the abuse that I went through. I have no memory. I have very little memory up until age 12 okay. of my childhood. Wow. So just kind of um, blocked out. It's blocked out. My cat, Christina said that to find that would probably take an, if I found out what happened, it would probably take another 15 years of counseling to get over that. Wow. Yeah. So, cause it's been suppressed, you know, and we don't, I don't know what happened, you know, wow. but it was there. I mean, 12, my dad was very abusive as an, and he was an alcoholic at that when I was young at 12 years old he was beating my mom. I woke up one night and I walked in the kitchen, pulled the knife out of the drawer and said, if you don't stop, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. You know, and that's when he left us. And so, you know, we didn't see my dad for a long time. Um, and we did make amends in our relationship, you know, but it was, took a while, took mm-hmm. a lot of years. Um, but that's, that's where, you know, I, I grew up in violence and that, you know, there was, it, it was a yeah. terrible way to grow up. So I have a podcast interview with a guy named Ron Gruber. It's the very first episode of this podcast. He's my very first interview, former motorcycle gang guy, did 19 years in prison for murder, mm-hmm. uh, tough dude who also just had a very violent father and, uh, if anybody's tracking with what you're talking about, um, they should go back and listen to that as well. Because it's amazing to see what l- the Lord does yeah. with some people who just are. You know, I remember one of the things I asked Ron is like, that's hard to overcome. I mean, you just you get dealt that hand. It's beyond your control. Right. And, you know, I don't want to be an enabler or make excuses because at the end of the day, you made the choices you made. Correct. But. Um, you, you hear some of these stories of kids and what they grow up with and go, man, did they even have a chance? Right. And you must feel some of that. Oh, yeah, without and, a doubt. And you be know, amazed that the Lord has rescued you from that. Well, and the, the amazing part is looking back on my life and seeing where he was, even though I didn't know him. Ah, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. For example, that night at that party. Yeah. You know, and I walked out of the party because I was like, and I never used drugs again after that. I didn't go to camp. I didn't go through rehab or nothing. I just walked out, went to, the, Marine, went to the Marines. And obviously in the Marine Corps, you can't use drugs. Yeah. And I walked into the recruiting office two days later and I said, how fast can you get me out of here? And the recruiter said, did you commit a crime? And I said, yes, but I've never been caught. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, well, what did you do? And I said, well, what I've not done is a shorter list. <laughs> 
know, so so it's so we talked about it, and you know, and, and you know, I had to sign some waivers. You know, that if I popped on a UA, I admitted that I did drugs prior to the, yeah. going in. But if I did, you know, if, down the road, if I did it again, it was dishonorable discharge and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. there's paperwork you have to do. And, you know, that was, I, I mean, I said it before, it's, if, if I'd have stayed where I was, I'd probably be dead or in jail. Yeah. So, so how long were you in the Marines? I was in four and a half years, got out right after Desert Storm. So were you forward deployed? No. I They tagged me Mission, Mission Essential United States, so I never went over. A lot okay. of my friends went over there, but I stayed here. And, and then when everybody got back in September, I was I got I got discharged. I was supposed to be out in February of 91, but I had to wait till September. So that's so. the first Gulf War. Yep. Storm and Norman Schwarzkopf. Yep. Taking free getting you know freeing uh kuwait so yeah yeah, yeah yeah wow yeah so uh when did you realize that you were going to write this down when my counselor asked told me to write a book in, in about 2014 2015 ish she said john you need to write a book wow and i said and i laughed at her because you know my stories it's not unique people have been down that same road that i've been people have been down worse roads, you know. Yeah. But, so I shared with a couple of my friends that Christine wanted me to write this, write this down into a book, and they're like, "Yeah, John, you need to write a book." And so I was like, "Okay, I have dyslexia. I'm a Marine and a PE teacher. I'm not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be hard." <laughs> so my first thought was to seek out a ghostwriter, you know, to somebody to help me write yeah. the book. When I found this this young lady that was at the church I was going to in Tacoma, she was she wrote for the church, and she had authored she had authored a couple of books. And so I said, "Hey Tiffany, can you help me with this?" So she helped me outline it. I started writing, wrote five chapters, put it on a shelf because it just didn't feel right. Because yeah. I started getting into the spiritual part of it, you yeah. Know? And I didn't feel like I understood the word enough, and so I just started digging and you know with work with Scotty, um, and then you know going to seminary school, um, and then lo and behold, last February I'm. I do a lot of reading and listening to worship music when I do my cardio exercises in yeah. the morning. So I'm up. So my daily prayer and read time is 3.45. I get up at 3.45. I'm on my knees. I pray. I read. What time do you go to bed, bro? About 9 o'clock. So okay. Eight, you know, We're on different schedules, yes, but that's yeah. cool. But, but that's, I have to do that because that's what keeps me grounded in the faith. Yeah, that's you awesome. And, and so I've been doing it so long, it just it's second nature to me. But that morning in February... Hebrews 10.36 says you must persevere when doing the will of God so that you can get what he promised. An hour later, I'm doing cardio reading in A.J. Soboda's first book, who's one of my favorite authors, and he's talking about the will of God, and he said no one told him if anybody would read his book or buy it, he just had to write it. So those two things happened within an hour, and I went, okay, i got to finish my book. Wow. So I, so I was getting ready to go to the Gulf of Mexico on a vacation. And what better place to sit sunrise at the Gulf of Mexico and inspire, get inspired. So I said, two hours a day before I go do any vacation, I'm going to write. So I started then. I came back, continued that. The book was done in three weeks. Cheapers. It just it was a spiritual dump. I'd pray before I wrote, and I'd just start writing. I had a friend of mine who read the book, and because I do a lot of quoting of scriptures, and then A.J. and A.W. Tozer's in the book. And they're like, how did you know when to put those verses and the quotes in? I said, it just came. You know, I'm writing. That's awesome. A verse would pop into my head and it would be perfect for this situation. And so it was was all God-led, you know. And then to have the book finished in February, get attached with an editor in the local area who worked with my spiritual mentor in prayer ministry, so Arlen would understand a lot of the book. We started editing the book. Turned out she's a scout for Morgan James Publishing. 
September, I'm accepted to Morgan James Publishing. March of this year, the book's in my hand. Wow. Okay, that doesn't happen without God's intervention. No. You know, and, and, and it's the obedience part that I that I talk about in that part. Because when he said, finish the book, I listened and I did it. Yeah. And now I'm here talking to you. Yeah. You know, and so that's that's a great message for people. When you hear the voice of God, obey. Obey. obey you yeah. Because he's got a plan for you. So That's awesome. Yeah. So Broken and Redeemed, why'd you call it that? Because we're all, because uh, I was broken, you know, and, and and now I'm redeemed. You know, there's two sides of broken, I like to say. There's the brokenness of the world and that we have to combat. And then there's the brokenness that God's going to put you through with your self-examination and looking inside yourself because that's going to break you down to become humble so you can humble yourself in front of the cross and become vulnerable. Yeah. And that self-examination has to take place, in my opinion. And then the redemption, I mean, once you get there, it, the redeeming feeling and the freedom you know, the, the subtitle of the book is Finding Freedom Through Complete Surrender. And I don't think you can find freedom unless you completely surrender. And I used uh, to hold on to my control. Yeah. I mean, think about it. 12 years old, I'm doing whatever I want. I'm yeah. controlling my life from the age 12 till age, what am I, 58 now? So this was, I gave up control when I was 54, 53. Yeah. So I controlled everything. And when I started my walk, I used to say, I want John's timing. And obviously that didn't work out too well. And everybody's like, no, John, you got to have God's timing. I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want to deal with that. You yeah. Know? And since I gave up control, seeing what happens when you do that, it's amazing what God does. It really is. Because when I, 2020, we lost my, I had a fitness studio that I was running. It's my business. COVID hits. We lose the business. And I just went, you know what? It's in your hands, God. I know you're going to take care of me. You, you're going to help me out. We had, to, we had to negotiate out of our lease. We had to sell all the equipment. And it just... Watching it happen was just amazing. Wow. Had one of my investors call. I'm praying about some, you know, the other stuff. Wasn't even thinking about this investor. He calls. He goes, John, I'm gonna. He goes, you don't owe me any money. He goes, it was an investment. COVID took you out. We're, we're clean. Wow. Ten thousand dollar investment. Wow. Never had to pay it back. I mean, and hopefully someday I'll pay him back. Cause, yeah. Because I think I owe him that. Yeah. But for that to happen, and I was, it wasn't even to take like, that pressure off. But I wasn't even praying about that. Yeah. You know, and and I think it was God said, okay, I'm gonna take care of this because you're doing this. You know, that's the only thing yeah. I can think. So that's cool. Yeah. So um, we have a sister podcast to this one called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotions, and I do a Bible overview devotion five days a week. We've done seven hundred and thirty some episodes, and we are in Luke fourteen right now, and just finished up Luke fourteen twenty five to thirty three, which that text talks about the cost of discipleship, and in that text Jesus gives three criteria for if anyone wants to be my disciple, they must do this, this, and this. And the third one is renounce all you have. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea is that it's not just putting our faith in Christ and receiving the benefits of believing in Jesus as Savior, like salvation and forgiveness and peace and the Holy Spirit and purpose, and which is all good and true. Yes. Um, but it's also about surrendering to Jesus as Lord. Yes. Which we we hear a lot of talk about Jesus as Savior and all the benefits. We don't hear a lot about Jesus as Lord and the costs. And you just said something important, which is that when we surrender to the Lord, to Jesus as Lord, we actually gain freedom. Yes. We and we think of those costs as being hard to pay. Renounce all you have. Yep. Bury your own cross. Love Jesus far and above and further and more than everyone else in your life and everything else in your life. But actually those costs 
and those criteria for discipleship are listed for our own benefit because that's the most fulfilling life. That's the most free life. Yes. And I think there are a lot of people who would say they have faith in Jesus, they believe in Jesus, but they're only thinking about Jesus, the Savior that gives them benefits, and they aren't that interested, nor have they been challenged to surrender to Jesus as Lord. And the reason they're not interested is because they think that it's a cost thing that's going to be detrimental to their interests rather than freedom-giving and fulfilling and abundant. You're exactly right. And, and, and you I talked about agree. that. You've yeah. experienced that. Yeah, I would, I would totally agree with you on that topic. Um, and what I would say to the people that are, that are fighting that is let go because it's, the, the freedom is unbelievable. Um, because it, and I fought that myself a yeah. long time, um, and it's the sanctification part of Christianity. Yeah. And AJ, that's the messy part of Christianity, you know, because it forces you to look inside yourself. Remind me who AJ is. AJ Swoboda. He's a uh, oh, the author. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal writer. I you know learned a lot from his books, and and uh, him and I actually got to do a Zoom call, and I met him, and we we talked. It was phenomenal. I mean, just great theologian so cool um but you know he says that christianity is messy more messy when you meet jesus than it was before Uh, because it forces you to go inside yourself and look at what you are and who you are there's evil in the world but can you see it in yourself yeah because we're all sinners we're born into we're born into sin yeah so we're all capable of that yeah it's that self-examination that i think people need to do and that's the part of the walk i think people don't want to do because you know when you when lay down your life for me yeah. You know, what does that mean? Yeah. You know, do, so there are sacrifices you have to make. One of my sacrifices, I'm up at 3:45 every morning. Yeah. I don't hang around with some of the people I used to hang around with because yeah. they don't they're not believers. So I can't be around them anymore because it would it would pull me down. Yeah. You know, and it's just it's set, those are sacrifices, believe yeah. it or not. Sacrificing that, you know, when you're at work, you still have you're trying to work for Christ rather than your boss. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's stuff like that. And that's, that's the part of the sanctification and giving up control that I think is not taught in the church. Uh, But it's the most freeing thing, you know, and I, I I uh, in the book, I talk about the crucifixion because crucifixion is a long, slow, painful death. Yeah. And I think that was used for a few reasons. One of the ones I believe is it's to show us that our old self is not going to die quickly. Oh. And it's going to be painful. Okay, because when you're going through, especially if you've come from somewhere like I have and you've hurt a lot of people, you got to look back at all that and see the pain you caused. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. You know, that's the messy part. And But when you go through that and you ask for forgiveness and you forgive yourself, because yeah. I think you have to forgive yourself before you can forgive others. And that was the tough time because be, before I got to where I am today, Matt, I, I, I would look in the mirror and I didn't like who I saw. Yeah. So I wouldn't look in the mirror. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. Now I can stand there and accept who I am. Yeah. And so it's a different, it's a different feeling when I see myself in that mirror and I yeah. look into my eyes, you know, so. It reminds me of Galatians 2.20. Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. But this process, I've never heard what you said before, this process of being crucified with Christ. Yep. Christ's death was slow yep. and painful. Yep. And our death to ourselves to our old self yeah is the way i rephrase is it. Yeah. Yep. slow and painful yeah. aw a. tozer said that our sin has to be ripped out of us like a tooth being ripped out of a jaw wow that's what he says in one of his books so it's not easy no <laughs> yeah. and it's messy yeah <laughs> so, wow you know and, and i think 
that's part of the Christianity that a lot of people who are faith believers, they don't want to take that walk because yeah. they're afraid to look inside themselves and see. And that's where I think some of the churches, that's where we get judgment in the church. And, you know, we, we look at other people because we don't want to look at ourselves. The question I have about that yeah. and that I don't know the answer to, and it's not really my business, it's the Lord's business, but there's not really a category in the Bible of somebody who just believes in Jesus, the Savior, but doesn't surrender to Jesus Correct. as Lord. Correct. It's kind of like the assumption is that the believers were all in. You know, Jesus yes. says, if you want to be my disciple, yes. it's like if you even want to go on this journey at all, even at the beginning stages, you got to be all in. Right. And so it just makes me go, man, how many people who think they're saved are yeah and that's well, that's not I mean, my business jesus even said in the bible he said you will come to me at the time of judgment and i will and i will say i don't know you even though you perform miracles you call me lord lord yes and and i don't even know who you are so i mean that he gave us that example you know and, and i forget who told me this once but to kind of almost answer your question is you know when you accept christ you're saved yeah okay but what do you do after that do you start to walk and work through the sanctification process right. and if you don't what was told to me is you don't have as many jewels in your crown when you get to heaven ah. because you're saved yeah. and you're going to go to heaven because you yeah. believe. Yeah. But how much of that belief are you acting upon? Yeah. You know, and I think that's the part of it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and my prayer life has changed so much because, you know, it says in the Bible that God knows our thoughts before we say them. So why do we need to pray? Yeah. And I used to think that a lot yeah. now because he wants to hear us say it. Yeah. He wants that relationship. Yeah. He wants us talking like you and I, yeah. and he wants to hear that. Yeah. And, and that changed my prayer life. Yeah. You know, and part of my prayer is in the morning is I ask, I ask God, what do you want me to pray about? Uh. And then I sit in silence mm -hmm. and I see if I, you know, wait for something. Yeah. Sometimes it comes, sometimes it doesn't, yeah. you know, but that's, the, you know, it's the beauty part of prayer. Yeah. You know, for me anyway. So um, this MDiv that you're working on, what, what's your end game with that? What? What's your end game with that? What do you want to do with that? Your, with what? Your with, M, your oh, with my math, with my masters. masters. You know, it was for more of just personal knowledge of the word. Okay. I, you know, I, people ask me all the time. They said, "Are you going to become a pastor?" I'm like, "No," because it's a master's of theology. It's not a master's in divinity or Got anything it. like that. Got it. I just wanted to get more. So I'll give you an example. I didn't like the Old Testament when I first started reading it. Yeah. Not too many people do. My past, my pastor, who was mentored by the same person as I was, he loves the Old Testament. Uh -huh. You know, when I told him, because I, I, that's the dark side of the Bible is what I used to say. <laughs> you know, and and when you're a young Christian, it is. Yeah. You know, because there's there's a lot. I mean, when I when I became a Christian, I started reading that. I was like, I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, not, not, you know, knowing Jesus came back and to save us, but I'm yeah. thinking. I was, I would have been dead back then, Yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and so I, I joined, you know, I enrolled in seminary and my first class, Old Testament review. I went, oh, you got a, <laughs> you got, <laughs> you got comedy, <laughs> you know, and, but it was a, it was a great class, you know, and matter yeah. fact, I got this Old Testament verse tattooed on my arm, you know, because when I read this, the morning I read this and, and read, they, read that. So okay, people can it says, hear it. it says, don't be afraid. God has come to test you. So that the fear of God will be in you to keep you from sinning. Exodus 20:20. 20, 20. So first of all, the thing that spoke to me was the 2020. 
Oh, yeah. Because when you go to a doctor, an eye doctor, clear vision is 2020. Ah. So this is the clear vision of what God wants us to know. He's going to test us. Yeah. But he's doing that so that we we have reverent fear for him. Yeah. And that we will obey him and try not to sin. Because I don't, we're all capable. All of our old self comes back. Absolutely. I like to use the term, as you start to increase your faith, you still sin, but you sin less. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sanctification. Yes. Yeah. And so, you know, I put this, so four and a half years in the Marine Corps, no tattoos. <laughs> That's my first one. That's incredible. <laughs> okay. And I like sharing that story because everybody knows most Marine get, Marines are getting tattooed when they're in the Marine, you know, when they're in service. Yeah. So, so who, yeah. Who have you heard back from regarding your book or who is the audience that you're most excited to have impacted by this? Well, it's, it's hard to say because the book just came out today. Oh, the, wow. The official publication is today. Wow. It's been on ebooks since April. So and I had it before publication. You had it before day. publication, yeah, because I dropped incredible. it off to you to yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, that's awesome. So, um, so it's available anywhere. Books are, books are sold now. Um, it was on ebooks April 5th. And I had a review from a, from a fellow Marine who saw my book and saw that I was a Marine, and he read the book. And his review was, I mean, I cried when I read his review. I, I copied it and put it on my website. Because cool. I don't know this guy. Yeah. And to know that my story touched his life the way it did and brought him back to faith. That's cool. I mean, I was just like, that's what the book, that's what I wanted out of the book. Yeah. I wanted two things. One, to help bring people to Christ. And then two, to take people who have faith and deepen it by going through the book and answering the questions at the end of chapters to challenge your faith and where you are today in your faith and what you do in your prayer life and your reading life. Love it. Because the thing I learned from Scotty was... You have to have daily prayer and reading, and, yeah. if, and you can't go on with it, you know, without that. So, yeah. And then the discipleship, because um, are you familiar with uh, Dr. Robert Coleman? He wrote the uh, Master Plan of Evangelism. Yeah. Yeah. So my mentor was mentored by Dr. Coleman. Oh wow. So I'm a I'm Dr. Coleman's grandchild, basically. Okay. Yeah. Spiritual growth. And so Scotty developed what he calls the Big Ten and Big Ten of discipleship, and it's a ten-step process on how to disciple. Because Jesus said, "Go and make disciples." He didn't tell us how to do it. Yeah. Scotty came up with this ten-step program, and with his permission, it's in the book. And it, it anybody can disciple this. If you've been a Christian for a week, follow the ten steps. You could disciple somebody who's been a Christian for a day. That's awesome. And that's the, the you know that's part of the book that I wanted to get out there because discipleship is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, go make disciples. Don't go make converts. Right. Go make, go make don't disciples. Don't go make church members. Yes. Go make disciples. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. So this next book coming out, what, what's that going to be? It's going to be a, a study of all the Bible verses of, that have the address You said that. You yeah. said that. Yeah. yeah. And what are, you, what are you excited about with that? You know, just going back through and reading it, because I did a study on it. You know, when I first, when I first came across Exodus 2020, I, wanted, I went, how many more verses? There's 17. Four of them are in the New Testament, 13 in the Old Testament. About 12 of them have direct instructions on how we're to behave and act as Christians, and the rest are parts of stories. And so just to dive into each of those verses and go so through So there's them. only 17 2020s? Yes. I would have guessed more than that. Yeah, I would have too. But And the Exodus 2020 is the first. I mean, obviously, like 1 John, 2 yeah, John, yeah. there's nothing. Right. I right. mean, those are one-pagers. Yeah. Yeah, I use my Bible app to go through and find them, and there's 17 of them. So. Do you have them memorized? Can you tell me which no, ones? No, I can't I mean, tell you. Genesis. All. Yeah, it, I'd have to look at it. So okay. No, no. Exodus is first. There's no. There's nothing before Exodus 20:20. Okay. Yeah, I can pull it up on my Bible wow. app real quick. But but yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. It's it, so it was an interesting study for me. You know? Yeah. And and then. It, then I, I did a, just share this story with, I did a study of all the 316s and I don't remember exactly how many, yeah. but as I started that study or as I completed that study, my pastor 
the series he was doing, all the 316s. I was like, you kidding me. <laughs> and he didn't get it from you? <laughs> no. That's crazy. <laughs> I was like, that's insane. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. But, it, but I mean, it, it's, you know, those are the kind of things I do now is I, you know, pick something and yeah. I say, okay, let's see how it pertains to the Bible. And, you know, it's a good way to learn the Bible. So, so do you see yourself writing, more, like, th this is a study, this next one. Right. Like, you see yourself going down that road again or down the You know, people story. say they want a sequel to Broken and Redeemed because they want more of the story. And so, you know, I don't know. I'm going to let it be up to, you know, God because it, the, right now I'm just on his, I'm on his path and I'm letting him take control. You know, and I'll, wherever he tells me to go, that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, I didn't, and, you know, before I never did that. So, you know, and it's nice to see what he's doing, you know. Yeah. Just give it up to him. Yeah. Taking, you know, wherever he tells me to go, that's where I'm going. Awesome. So. John Jarman, Broken and Redeemed. And uh, thank you so much for your time. How can people find you, follow you? Well, I have a website. Social media website. Website, yeah. brokenredeemed.com. Uh, my Instagram is John underscore Broken Redeemed. My Facebook's just John Jarman. Um, they're all public pages. And that's a, and uh, broken, broken and Redeemed on Twitter, too. Cool. So, you heading back home today? No, I'm actually taking a little vacation. And Good. I'm, I'm going to go through Dallas, Fort Worth, visit old friend, and then I'm going home. Awesome. So. Well, God bless your ministry. Thank and you. Thanks so much for your time. No, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on the show. You bet. All right. The CC Podcast Conversations is part of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry, started in 1936 and is one of America's longest-running radio ministries. We are 100% donor-funded, and donations to our ministry are tax-deductible. So if you are encouraged, challenged, or inspired by today's conversation, please consider making a donation on our website, christiancrusaders.org, or mail a check to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. In addition to our other podcasts, which I mentioned at the front of this episode, I want to mention two of our other ministry partners worth checking out. First, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference, equipping believers with the truth of God's Word since 1922. Visit cedarfallsbibleconference.com for free access to previous conference content or for more information about upcoming events. Second is Power to Change Digital Strategies, an online ministry partnering volunteer Christian mentors with people around the world searching the internet for answers. If you or someone you know could benefit from an anonymous online conversation with a caring Christian adult, go to issuesiface.com. Or if you would like to be a volunteer Christian mentor, please visit p2cdigital.com. That's the letter P, the number two, and the letter C, digital.com. See our episode notes for details and links, and remember to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a review. God's richest blessings to you, and thanks again for listening.